Welcome to Thriller Vault, where thriller writers tell their favorite stories. I have a haunting story for you today, written by Stephen Taylor. Stephen Taylor is the author of the Danny Pearson Thriller series, a supercharged, action-packed roller coaster of a ride that doesn't take itself too seriously. Check out his website, stephentaylorbooks.com, for a free Danny Pearson box set, an ebook, or audiobook. Again, that's stephentaylorbooks.com. Without further ado, let's get into the story. Nan's Attic Nan died. I wasn't sad. I never liked Nan. My only memories of visiting Nan were one of controlled boredom. Sit here, stay there, be quiet, and don't go near the attic. Always don't go near the attic. They buried her yesterday. The most boring day of my life. An hour of people reminisced about how wonderful Nan was. She wasn't. None of them liked her. I heard my dad telling Mum that Nan was a hard-faced old bat. She wouldn't let him and his brother do anything, and always told them to stay away from the attic. She said she caught his brother, my Uncle Peter, sneaking up there once and smacked his arse red raw with a rolling pin. Me and Dad are on our way to her house now. He's meeting the man from the estate agents. I'll be glad to see the back of that creepy old place, Dad said. There it is, with its Victorian facade, dark and cold. The room behind the attic window, high in the eaves, seems to swallow every ounce of light from outside, leaving only inky blackness behind its glass surface. Try as I might, I can't tear my eyes away from it. There's an over-smiley man with a clipboard and a tape measure standing on the drive, his greasy hair combed into a neat parting, and the button of his cheap suit jacket hanging on for dear life as the material fights to contain his fat belly. Dad unlocks the door as he chats to the man. They disappear into the kitchen as I wander around, amusing myself. I sit in Nan's armchair, something I was never allowed to do when she was alive. Smiling to myself, I bounce up and down. No playing, be quiet, never go up to the attic. But you're not here, are you, Nan? My eyes are drawn to the stairs like being pulled by a magnetic force. My dad and the overly smiley estate agent walk into the living room. He's talking location and potential to my dad. Neither of them notice me as I wander out and climb the stairs to the first floor. The landing is how I remember it. The room me and my brother slept in when we were forced to come and stay. Nan's bedroom and the spare room still full of Nan's junk dark brown furniture, bits of pottery, and old clothes that smelt of Nan, a mixture of bad perfume, pee, and mothballs. And then there's the door to the attic stairs. I touch the handle and twist, something I've never dared to do before. The door pops open an inch. I pull it. Its dry hinges creak from lack of use. A narrow, bare wooden staircase lies beyond. It's dark and gloomy, the only light coming from the first floor landing where I'm standing. There's no window at the top. I can make out a small landing and the door closed to the attic room. You gonna stop me now, Nan? Nah, I don't think so. My 12-year-old's bravado growing with no adult intervention to stop it. There may only be a stuffy storeroom at the top, but it's the storeroom my eyes have been denied to see. I start up the stairs the bare wood amplifying my every footstep. As I look back, my trainer tread is clear to see in the layer of dust on each step. 
The floorboard creaks, and I shiver as the temperature drops the moment I step onto the small landing. The excitement, mixed with nervous fear, making the doorknob feel like it's moving away from me as I reach for it. My fingers finally fold around the cold brass, and I twist it as my heart pounds. The door doesn't move, and a wave of disappointment and a little relief washes over my body. I kick the door with the toe of my trainers and turn to go back downstairs. Billy. The call floats on the air in a low whisper. I have an icy chill running down my back. Did I hear it or imagine it? I decide I imagined it and place one foot on the first step to go down the stairs. There I stay, my head turning back to look at the door and the tiny shaft of light coming through the keyhole below the doorknob. Dust floats across its path, kicked up by my trainers on the dusty floor. As I put my hand up, it forms a keyhole shape on my palm. It makes me smile in childish amusement as I study its shape. Without warning, the light disappears, making me jump. I whip my head up towards the door just as something moves away from the other side of the keyhole and the beam of light returns. I'm rooted to the spot, my heart beating in my chest. I want to run, but the overwhelming urge to see inside the room is overpowering. My foot lifts slowly off the step and eases back onto the creaky landing. One step at a time, I move towards the door, dropping to my knees to leave my eye a foot away from the keyhole. Its strong beam of light shrinking my pupil to a small black dot. I stay there on my knees for what seems like ages, eventually feeling stupid when nothing happens. With renewed confidence, I lean forward, closing my other eye so I can look through into the room. First thing I see is the attic window on the far side of the room, the sun clearly visible outside confirming the source of the beam of light. My 12-year-old brain is instantly disappointed. Years of buildup and all I can see is an empty attic room decorated in terrible orange and brown 70s wallpaper. There's a dark cupboard in the right-hand corner. Its door is open, but the interior is pitch black. As I watch, the darkness creeps across the open floor, its edges like smoke, dark and shapeless as it touches the wall. I want to move, to run, to head down the stairs two at a time, but I can't. I'm rooted to the spot, my eye glued to the keyhole, the fear of it zeroing in on me if I move an inch holding me there. As I watch, a head turns from the inky blackness to look at me from the far side of the room. It's only a shade lighter than the darkness behind it, barely visible apart from its piercing blue eyes. I still can't move, terrified, gripped with fear as I watch gray hands push out from the darkness. They keep coming until shoulders appear. The hands slap down onto the sides of the wall and push the rest of this dark creature into the room. As its bare feet touch the floor, the inky black shadow extends off the wall to spread beneath them. As I continue to watch, the keyhole-shaped shard of light disappears from my eye. My pupil goes large as the lens adjusts to take in more light. All I can see is darkness. It's all-consuming, blacker than anything I've ever seen before. Then, out of the darkness, a piercing blue eye appears, the thickness of the door away. I can't breathe, can't move, can't even cry. Billy. 
it whispers before pulling away from the door. As it does so, its eyes turn brown. The gray darkness of its skin edges into color. Its long, slimy black hair shrinks back to a short, sandy brown. I watch the last of the transformation and realize I'm looking at an image of myself on the landing. I'm in the dark, inside the attic room, looking out through the keyhole. Billy, time to go. That's my dad's voice. The thing that is me smiles my way, turns and heads down the stairs. No, no, this can't be happening. I pull myself back from the keyhole. I'm in a dark negative of the attic room, devoid of color apart from the view outside the window. Grabbing the doorknob, I twist and pull on it with all my might, but it won't budge. Turning, I run to the window, slapping my palms on the glass and my forehead on the glass. Dad's below. Moving to the car, he looks back at the house, says something, and laughs. Seconds later, the other me appears, laughing and smiling back. I hammer on the glass and scream his name, but he doesn't hear me. He gets in the car. The thing that looks like me opens the passenger door. Just before getting in, it turns and looks up at me. It smiles, its eyes flashing back to piercing blue before turning brown again. It gets in the car, and I watch them drive away. I move back from the window, sit in the middle of the dark floor, and cry. Why didn't I stay away from the attic like Nan told me to? That's it. Be sure to check out Stephen's work at stephentaylorbooks.com. Thank you so much for listening or watching Thriller Vault. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe if you enjoyed the story. We'll be back next week for another story.